This is Confessions of a Pastor. A relentlessly real peek behind the scenes of Journey Church in Bend, Oregon. From church in a strip club to a strip mall. Going where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All for the glory of God. A journey of misery and miracles. Your hosts are the founders, Pastor Keith and Kara. There really is hope for everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of Confessions of a Pastor. We are your host, founding pastors, Keith and Kara. We're the pastors of Journey Church in beautiful Bend, Oregon. Kara, would you say hi? Hi there. And we'd like to start off this episode telling a little bit about our story. You know, there are so many different churches and what sets Journey Church apart and why should you listen to this podcast? I'll tell you right away, we are going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly, but we want to do this all for the glory of God. You know, we have a story to tell, you have a story to tell, and something happens when we get to tell our story. So, Garrett, let's go back to the beginning. We started Journey Church in 2010, coming out of the recession. Maybe not the best time to start a church. Were you excited to start Journey Church? In all honesty, I was not excited in any way. I was scared to death. Yeah, you weren't excited at all. Some might say that I dragged Kara into this. Uh, why weren't you excited? Well, I, I was scared. I didn't understand it. I wasn't raised mm-hmm. in church. I had very limited experience uh, with church until I met you, really. And... Um, I didn't understand that people actually planted churches. I thought they just existed. Right. And, and I knew you weren't excited. And I thought somehow by starting this church, I would convince you by showing you what God was able to do. Maybe I could prove it to you in, in some way or another. So before we started, we tried to find a church home. Do you remember that journey? I do. It was, it was long and arduous. Yeah, that's one thing that they don't tell you when you start a church is that you're also going to become a commercial realtor, and not many people want a church on their property. It doesn't bode well for um, uh, resale value. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. at least in the Pacific Northwest, we came up against a lot of hurdles. A lot of opposition. So so we could not find a home. Eventually, I was invited to one of our local high schools, uh, to Bend High School, which happened to have the largest auditorium in our city. Yes, it did. 1,500-seater. 1,500 seats. And and I I was convinced if God gave us that auditorium, He was going to fill it. I just was convinced that first Sunday we would fill it. Do you remember how many people we had that first Sunday? Yeah, my memory tells me about 125. Oh, man. I'm a pastor. I like to exaggerate. No, I I think it was more like 150. But 150 in a 1,500-seat auditorium, uh, that was a discouraging day, wasn't it? It was, absolutely. Yeah, some people might say, well, that, that's good for your first Sunday. But I knew we had a lot of guests that Sunday visiting us from, from a supporting church uh, uh, and others from around the community. And as the story goes, I learned how to grow a church smaller. <laughs> so things didn't get easier or better. It seemed like things went from like, okay to, what would you say? Very challenging. To worse, maybe, (laughs) to challenging. Uh, They didn't get better necessarily overnight. And I tried to hold a front uh, on the exterior. I tried to look like I always had it together. But behind the scenes, we certainly had our challenges and battles. And it was discouraging being a church of 100 and a 1,500-seat auditorium. And maybe one of the saving graces was during that time, uh, President Barack Obama was in charge. And uh, because we were in a recession, he was trying to stimulate the country through all these stimulus grants and 
the high school got a grant to remodel the auditorium. And remember where we went from the high school? Yes, we went to the movie theater. We went down to the movie theaters. And uh, for those who are not from Bend, Oregon, we, we went down to one of the, the coolest parts of our city. It was a shopping area right on the river. Uh, it's known as the Old Mill. We went down to the Regal Cinemas. And that helped us a lot. We went to a 250-seat auditorium. So 100 people in a 250-seat auditorium feels a lot better. Yes, yes, it does. And we tried to do some clever things there, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, We tried to do movie uh, series, you know, uh, Church of the Movies, and uh, we did some fun things. And uh, Do you have any memories at the movie theater? Uh, I remember doing baptisms at the river. Yes. Because it was so close. Yeah, actually, I have a cool story about that. We, we did do baptisms at the river, and we got our first ever spontaneous baptism mm-hmm. at the river right after church at the movie theater. And for one reason or another, it was unplanned. I just did a, a, an altar call and said, hey, if you want to get baptized today, come, come get in the river. And someone came forward. He got baptized, and it was exciting with 40 or 50 people watching and uh, and afterwards I said, Hey, so were you at church today? You know, cause it can be dark in the theater. Mm. He said, no, I'm actually, I was on vacation and I stopped and watched and I've been wanting to get baptized and saw you guys do that. And that was our first ever spontaneous baptism. Yeah. And I believe actually that's a prophetic picture of what God would, would, um, do through during church. Yes. Cause from that time now we've had hundreds and hundreds of spontaneous baptisms. Yeah. It's one of the cool stories of what God's done. I mean, we, we had baptisms just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And how, let's see, how many baptisms we have that 36. day? 36. 36 baptisms that day. And maybe we had a half dozen planned. Yeah, yeah. So but, pr- pretty awesome. Pre- yeah, it was beautiful to watch just one after the another, after another, after another. It was amazing. Yes. We're recording this episode on May 1st, and I think we have over 100 baptisms already this year in 2023. So yes. Amen. Uh, pretty awesome to see what God's doing. So uh, we went to the movie theater. Here's the challenge that we had at the movie theater. We were a brand new church, under a year old. Uh, here's the truth. We couldn't afford it. I wanted to stay there, but the rent was more money than we could afford. So we went back to the high school when they were finished renovating, but we really did not grow that much. Maybe we grew by 20 to 30 uh, and went back to the high school. And I'll tell you, every day I was online looking for real estate. And I finally found a location that I thought would work perfect. And it was right downtown in our city, just a prime location right on the river. If you don't know Bend, Oregon, we actually are named Bend for a bend in the river. It's the Deschutes River. Absolutely beautiful. Goes right through our city. Found this location right on the river, but there was a, just a slight challenge. Kara, tell us what the challenge was. Well, there was a strip club above it. That's right. It was called Boondocks Bar and Grill. They had strippers during the week and during the weekend. Not only did they have the stripper poles, but they were a nightclub and they were not known for great things in our city. No, it was, it was actually a place that was, um, not, not very safe. Actually, it was a, it was an unsafe right. part of the city at that at that point. Now, there was police visits every single day. I mean, there were wild stories coming from the nightclub. Here's how the building worked: it was two levels, the strip club on the top level and the bottom level. The owners had a hard time finding renters to occupy the lower level of a strip club in downtown Bend, Oregon. But we actually went and visited and said this would be 
perfect. Uh, the, the entirety of the lower level was 9,000 square feet. There was a personal uh, trainer gym that occupied about 1,500 to 2,000 square feet. So we decided to take about oh 7,500 of that um, that rental space. And here we were, uh, the church under the strip club. Yes, and I remember transitioning from the high school to that location, we actually lost a, a, a significant amount of families in that transition yeah. because it, it just had the appearance of, of a strip club. They yeah. didn't understand. I remember a conversation with a mom saying, you know, I just, just don't want my kids to be exposed to this. And that was actually one more blow. <laughs> it was a d- discouraging season. But I remember setting the vision and the trajectory of, hey, here's what we're doing. We want to go where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach. Absolutely. And I also believe that that's a prophetic picture of what God would do through Journey Church. And I realized right away I need to change my habits because I realized that first Sunday when I showed up to church to have church service, there was puke right in front of the doors. And I learned that that would be a regular occurrence (laughs) at a nightclub. And so I started going to church early in the morning, maybe 4.30, 5 a.m. every Sunday. I was picking up empty beer cans because I learned people like to get drunk before they go to the bar because alcohol is expensive. So I'd pick up beer cans. I would try to clean up the puke. It was interesting, to say the least. Uh, Not exactly what many people think of church. Uh, But God used that season. One of the things I remember, Kara, is when I would be arriving to church, the security guards and the staff would be leaving. And sometimes they'd be leaving with alcohol in their hands. Uh, Common, it was Bud Light before it was canceled. Uh, They would be carrying that Bud Light (laughs) out to their cars. And I got to know them by name, these security guards. And I, I remember one guy, he was telling me the story. He came out of the military. He had a girlfriend who was pregnant. And I could sense fear. Uh, fear in his life. And one of the first things we did at that location is we did a gorilla love for that security guard and his pregnant girlfriend. Do you remember what that was? I I do. We threw a baby shower for her. We did. It was impromptu. We said, hey, everyone from the church, bring diapers, bring baby supplies, and we are just going to surprise somebody uh, with some love. Now, I mentioned grill love. If you're unfamiliar with that, it's one of our core values at Journey Church. We love to uh, love people like Jesus. Gorilla love is a principle stolen from guerrilla warfare. Uh, In guerrilla warfare, you surprise your enemy when they least expect it uh, because you don't have the same shock and awe. You You may not have the same resources, uh, but you surprise them uh, when they least expect it with the resources you have. And we like to do that with love, not war, but with love. And that was one of the first things that kind of set the the culture of being a church under a strip club is doing a baby shower for the girlfriend of one of the security guards. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And the church surprisingly slowly started to grow. Yeah. Uh, and we, we got to see this vision, uh, the um, training facility moved out and we took over the entire lower level of the strip club absolutely awesome and that really set the vision for us that we were serious about doing church in our city differently and here's a cool thing is uh, eventually just to fast forward the story uh, that nightclub would get shut down and it wasn't shut down by the owners of the building it was shut down by the state by the Oregon Liquor Control Commission for violations of their liquor license. And that was shut down. Do you remember what day it was shut down, Kara? October 31st, Halloween. 
come on. Yeah. And yeah, for, for years leading up to Halloween, uh, tell, tell us about what Halloween was like around our building. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that sticks out in my mind because we had very young children when we um, yeah. started meeting at that facility and um, there was some pretty uh, evil things that they would hang off the the building yes. during Halloween time and um, it just sticks out in my mind because I every time I pulled into the church parking lot, I just thought... Lord, <laughs> protect the eyes of my children. Yes, it was it was blatantly demonic looking back. I mean, there were creatures hanging from nooses. Uh, there was just certainly dark things to uh, try to capitalize on ha- Halloween as an opportunity for them to get customers. And here we are seeking to be a light yes. in a very dark place. So, so the state of Oregon shuts down this nightclub. At that time, they actually quit having strippers. They tried to be more like an upscale New York nightclub. It didn't work. <laughs> they got the same clientele as before. And uh, we had an opportunity. I, I asked the owners, can we move in? Uh, because the, the, the Easter before, maybe, uh, an, yeah, the Easter before, we yeah. actually rented the nightclub for our Easter services. Uh, we needed space. We were growing. I mean, I think we were a whopping 200 at the time. Yeah. Maybe 250. About that. And uh, we rented the nightclub and we used the whole lower level where we normally have church for kids. And then we used the nightclub for the sanctuary. And I remember it reeking of alcohol. I was shocked. You know, I was like, oh, okay, this is what happens when you have church in a nightclub. It, it just reeked of alcohol from the party in the night before. Mm-hmm. We had someone run to the store and buy Febreze or some type of, <laughs> <laughs> some type of odor to cover up the alcohol. It did not really work. I also remember we used their sound guy to run our sound that day. Do you remember that at all? Uh, bits and pieces of it. We had such young kids that I, I, was, okay. I, I wasn't able to be there um, as as much as I well, would have here's liked. what I remember. We we had to use their sound guy and he was drinking beer the entire church service <laughs> uh, because he explained to me that he was up all night and this is how he would regulate his his body. So here we had a guy back there mixing sound for church on Easter, drinking beer. Uh, but that was that was the beginning. Again, another prophetic picture of our future because we went to the owners, asked them, hey, can we move in? We'll clean up the place. Can we have church where there used to be a nightclub? And do you remember what they said? They said, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. In fact, they said something along the lines of, you may have prayed out the nightclub but you're not going to pray your way in. And I was discouraged. I was frustrated. And it was exactly a week later that those owners came into my office and said, we will let you have it. Um, they didn't increase And not only terms. would they let us have it, but they would meet us at our terms Yes, as exactly. Well, what we wanted it for. And they said uh, they would absolutely not do that because we didn't have a lot of money. And I said, we need it for a lot less than they were paying. Um, and they, they said, absolutely not. But eventually, one week later, we don't know why. God turned their hearts around. Yeah. And we were able to move into that nightclub. Now, it was still decorated for Halloween. <laughs> so we had to come in and we had to do a lot of work. It took us a good two, three, maybe even four weeks. I, I can hardly remember. But we, we went in, we found drugs, we found paraphernalia, we found hundreds of driver's license and credit cards because people leave open tabs. And then they get so drunk, they would leave that stuff. And we're like, what is happening? All these credit cards, driver's license, day in and day out. In fact, they left all the alcohol. Uh, and one of the things we did with that alcohol is 
we poured it all down the drain. Little did I know that would make our building stink for <laughs> the following weeks. <laughs> but uh, we also had to strip the, uh, the wood from, there was these wooden beams on the ceiling and they were black because it was a nightclub. Everything was black, you know, they wanted to keep everything dark. And we brought in guys with sanders and we used to say we are stripping the wood off from the nightclub for church. We are stripping it all down. And um, man, it was an incredible journey. Um, it really set the stage for us. And then we eventually moved into what used to be a strip club was now a sanctuary. Yeah. And it was a powerful story because people all over the community who would never step foot in a strip club, now they were interested, what did this place look like? And they yeah. started to come to church. And we also had people come to church that regularly frequented the nightclub. Come on. We, we did. We, had, we even have people who were employed at the yes. nightclub and the strip club yes. uh, start attending church. And people said, hey, the last time I was here, uh, I, I was at a bachelor party or yep. I, was, I, I, was, I was so drunk I couldn't remember what happened. But I'll tell you, that was a perfect opportunity for our entire community to discover there is hope for yeah, everyone. everyone. And so we're not just a, a church being religious or going through uh, the normal routines. Mm -hmm. We want to be like Jesus. Jesus. We want to reach people Jesus would reach. And we saw an increase of people getting saved. Oh, we yeah. saw more baptisms. Uh, now that we were on the river, we could literally just walk outside and do baptisms on the river uh, when it wasn't snowing outside. Yeah. Uh, when it was snowing, we used a horse trough on the stage of a former nightclub. Um, it was it was absolutely awesome. That was a season of growth. Karen, yeah. what, did, was the Lord working on your heart at all during that time? What, what was absolutely. Happening? I mean, we had, like we explained earlier, it was a the, the beginning the launch and the, and the first few years were, were so difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I, when I saw God work so tremendously through that season, um, I just, my heart just started to really heal yes. and see the, the vision for, um, what God could actually do that he redeems, he restores. Amen. That's what he does. Yes. And we just have to be willing to, um, to be used by him. Yes. What God did with the building, he was doing with lives. Yes. There was a restoration. Yeah. What many people could not see, our God can see. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm not even sure on this journey for us if we even could see it. It's like, I believe like the faith of a mustard seed. I wanted it, but I'm not even sure deep down inside uh, throughout this journey of, of, of starting a church, if it would actually work out. Uh, we had some tumultuous times as a couple in our family. Uh, I mean, I caused so much trauma in our marriage, uh, but by the grace of God, uh, he is currently healing and restoring, and he's still doing those things. I mean, yes. that church continued to grow. I mean, we were doing three services on Sunday. Uh, yeah. I mean, we were just, we were pushing it hard. Yeah, uh, I we mean, were filling the seats. I mean, yeah, we, we were flowing into the the lobby area that we called it that, but you know, it was barely lobby. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't don't have lobbies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was tiny. I mean, we were herding them like cattle every single service. I mean, we were struggling for parking. We were working with the city to get parking. I mean, at the peak of that building, it was uh, 2020 going into 2020. Yes. We were at our all time highest in-person attendance. Uh, we were just over 1100. Mm. Uh, when all of a sudden all over the news, uh, that blasted virus was hitting the world. Uh, COVID shut everything down. Yeah. And you know, to, to backtrack though, I would say before COVID mm -hmm. we had this, 
we kind of skipped a little bit of the story. So oh, if yeah. we go back a little bit, God actually provided that us to be able to purchase that building. Okay. Uh, so we were renting that. it, right? Yep, yep. And then, um, and then I sat on a, a, a team of people that, that, we're looking for a new place. We were looking for a new place because we were outgrowing it. And so what happened was the owners came to me and said, you guys need to move out because they wanted to convert the entire building into office space. Yes. They knew they could get more per square foot for office space than they could from a church renting that space. So here they were going to kick us out. We had to find a new home and there was nowhere to go. Kara was on a, no, a, a was committee on, to look for a location. Yeah, I was on the building committee and we, I mean, we searched high and low and the commercial space in Bend um, with enough parking yes. is very hard to come by. So um, we just kept circling back. Or really, yeah, we kept circling back to this space. And I asked the owners, could we buy it from you? And their answer was, no. No, you cannot buy it from us. And I prayed, Kara prayed. We had many other people praying. Yeah. I laid hands on that building, literally. Yeah. Like I was casting out a demon. I laid hands and I tried to anoint it. I blessed it. I asked God to, to help us. And much like what happened when we asked for the nightclub and we were told no, the owners came back and said, hey, we will sell it to you. Now, the challenge was we had, we had two problems here. Uh, one is where would we get the money to buy it? I mean, that was a real big uh, challenge. No banks would lend to us because we'd never purchased anything before. And then we had to come up with a down payment. Um, and here's what they were willing to do is they were willing to carry the papers for us. There were three owners invested in this. One of the owners was willing to carry it for us. He would buy the other two guys out. He would carry it for us, but we needed to raise $500,000 in three months. Yeah. I think at the time we had about 50000 in our savings account. Mm. I, th I thought, this is impossible. No way are we going to be able to buy that building. Uh, this was back in 2017. That's what I'm remembering, around 2017. And uh, I brought it to the church. I said, we need $500,000 in three months. And uh, started this campaign. I thought it would fail. We didn't hire a consultant. We didn't even have a good plan. I think the campaign was called $500,000 in three months. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. <laughs> we needed the down payment. And I, I remember a couple in our church came and they wanted to talk to me. They did not tell me what it was about. They did not tell me why. Um, it, it was a um, middle-aged couple that wanted to meet with me. I had a little corner office downstairs and uh, I met with them. And they told me, hey, uh, tell us more about this vision, what you guys want to do. And they'd been coming to church for, I don't know, a year and a half, two years. And as a, we just shared, here's, here's what we believe God can do based on what he has done. And I was sharing the stories. And then they, they, they proceeded to tell me a little of their story. They were both um, business persons in the world. They met up in Seattle, went to the East Coast, never had kids. And they retired. They sold a business. And now they were just doing a whole slew of different things. They liked horses. They invested in racehorses. And they told me they, ha they owned a quarter, that is one-fourth of a racehorse, that had just won a race and they wanted to tithe on the quarter earnings of that racehorse that won the race. Now I'm hearing all this thinking like, oh, that's nice. I don't know if it's a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars, but this is nice. And then they told me it was the Belmont race, mm. which is pretty big. There's, there's three big uh, horse races, Kentucky Derby, Belmont, and I don't know what the other one is. 
someone's going to have to tell us. But So then they just handed me a check. They were all prepared. They knew exactly what they were doing when they were meeting with me. I didn't know what they were doing. They handed me a check, and I looked at it. And if I have the numbers correctly, I believe this is right, it was a check for $389,000. I was, like, blown away. Because <laughs> the largest check I'd gotten before that I think was twenty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I'm not even sure if it was that. It might that have been ten. About right. Yeah. I mean, the the largest check early in the first few years I got for Journey was not even from someone that attended Journey. It was someone that I went to watch fights with that heard the vision of the church, and he just mailed me a check for ten thousand dollars. I was like, what is this? Then the second time we got a check or not a check like that, it was somebody who was trying to give with credit card, and it kept being denied because it was American Express. And uh, I didn't know who that was. I I ended up finding them, and they had a a vacation home in Bend, and they were trying to give with an American Express. We did not take it at the time, but I certainly started taking American Express after that. (laughs) But they were all five-figure numbers. This was our first six-figure number, which was a huge boost in buying that building. Uh, Thanks for remembering that story, Kara. Because that that was an important part of our journey too. <laughs> yeah, it was. And God then, showing up. Yeah, and then between the the year that we bought it, which I think was 2017 yes. and 2020, yes, between so those years. years, we outgrew that building. Yes, we were busting at the seams. Yeah, we couldn't. We really were. We were packing it in, and yes. we needed. We we couldn't grow beyond. Yeah. We couldn't accommodate the amount of people that our vision was um, saw. Yes, and so we. At that point, um, we were desperate. We were so, but we weren't really actively seeking anything new. We just no. knew we that knew there was nothing we had out outgrown there. it. <laughs> yes, um, and that's when we had a an investor um, Reach out contact to us. us. The building we did not have the building for sale. Um, he contacted us and said, "I want to buy it," and we just kept telling him no no it's not for sale, it's not for sale. no it's not for sale and he kept upping his price right. and upping his price and upping his price and eventually we said well maybe it is for sale we've outgrown it yeah i told him give give me your best tell me what your best offer is and uh, he was an investor down in san francisco uh, he was raised in oregon not ben but he wanted to start investing back in oregon and uh, i gave him a price that i thought would be ridiculous cuz we would make I think over a million dollars in a short period of time. Yeah. And I was just like, that's a lot of money. And I was like, no way is he going to do this. And he came back. I don't know if it was within hours or within a day and said, I'll do it. We'll do it. Didn't counter or anything. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> what did we do? <laughs> what did we just do? Here goes another journey uh, of faith. Yes. We didn't even tell the church because it wasn't going to close until May of 2020. But in March of 2020, yeah. the entire country, along with the world, was shut down because of COVID. Yeah. And, you know, in that, um, in the negotiations, we negotiated a whole year to yes. stay there after at no, at no charge. A year free lease yeah. so that we would be able to look for a place yeah. and, and save money for a down payment on a future location. Yeah. So uh, it, was, it was on that journey that, hey, we're going to tell the church we got all this opportunity. Then the whole world shut down yeah. because of COVID. Now I'm selling the building. I haven't told the church. What are we going to do? And like the rest of the world, we had to pivot. I mean, that was the name of the game during the pandemic. Yeah. Pivot, pivot, pivot. Whatever plan you have, be flexible because blessed are the flexible. They will bend and not break. And that first uh, Easter, it was April, no one was meeting for e- Easter Sunday. And we decided we're going to invest so that we would do 
what needs to be done to try to get into as many homes as we could that Easter Sunday. So we bought nicer cameras. Um, we already had some cameras, but they were pretty cheap. We were doing st- streaming online, but it was a pretty um, simple uh, setup. Mm-hmm. So we bought some cameras. We had a guy in our church that was a professional um, videographer. Um, I, I, what did they call the um, director of photography for commercials and film? He'd done some stuff with Apple and some others. He brought in his camera and we filmed that first Easter service. And here's what we decided to do. Yeah, if we can't have people come to Easter services. The prior Easter, we had five Easter services. We were over 1,700 in 2019 for Easter. And we decided we would go on TV. Yeah. And we said, well, we'll do it just one Sunday. We will buy a space. I believe it was Fox. We said, we'll buy a space on Fox TV. um, And we're going to go into the homes on Easter Sunday. We did some promoting on social media. We, we recorded, uh, we started recording early in the evening, a couple weeks prior for Easter. And we went till 1am mm-hmm. recording that one single church service for Easter. One service took us about eight hours to record. Uh, we started over and over. It was like trying to get the right angles. And now we look back at that production and say, that was terrible, but it set us on the trajectory, Kara to do things that weren't being done yeah. to reach people that weren't being reached. Absolutely. And after we were on Easter, the news station told us we actually got a really good audience. I think 7,000 people tuned in to watch Easter on TV, which Mm -hmm. was much bigger (laughs) audience than we had online. And, uh, of course in person. And we thought to ourselves, maybe we should keep doing this. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we did. Um, we ended up switching stations over to ABC and our local station, which is called COTV. And we've been on TV ever since. Yeah, yeah. And now we reach four to 5,000 people every Sunday just on television. And I get cards every month yep. from people in our local community who say, I have never been to your church in person, but I watch on television every week. Or I'm homebound. A lot of older people, yeah. surprisingly, are interested in this, uh, this crazy church. Uh, used to be in a strip club, and now we're in their homes. We're in retirement homes. We're in um, memory facilities. And even cooler than that, friends, I get pictures from people. We just got a text this yeah. week. Were yeah. you on that text thread? No, but you showed it to me. I, and it, I think it was you. yesterday. It was, they were sitting at a bar watching Journey yes. Church they on were, TV. They went to lunch at a bar. It was mid-afternoon, and I got a picture it was literally a bar, and uh, when we have a video, a vodcast, we're, we'll be able to show you more of these images, but it was literally a bar with a list of beers next to the TV, and I am preaching, <laughs> I am preaching from, from, uh, from the TV that is mounted on the wall, and it was just, it was a classic picture, and I've gotten those all the time. I mean, we've been in Red Robin, uh, hotel lobbies. Um, yeah. restaurants, bars, you name it, wherever TVs are played, um, our church has made it into those locations on Sundays Yeah, because yeah. it's ABC. So if they have uh, golfing or mm-hmm. racing or some other sport on, then it goes to the church service. They usually don't even turn it off. Mm. And, you know, the, the closed captioning's on. And I, it's just a really neat thing. Um, and all that happened because of the pandemic. But, but as you mentioned in the story, I was fast forwarding. Uh, we had sold the building. Yeah. We were looking for a location and we were getting pretty desperate because we, we weren't finding anything. I wasn't in unity with um, 
the team around me on what we should be looking for. I had a vision. My vision was grand. Yeah. Sometimes my vision is so big, it's hard to communicate it to others. And we were having a hard time finding a place. Yeah. And eventually uh, we needed to find a place because the uh, new owner of the building that we had just sold it to said he wanted us out. And uh, we, we found a place that happened to be in a strip mall that was formerly a church that essentially dissolved over the pandemic. Yeah. That happened to a lot of churches. We know several churches in our community that dissolved, that quit meeting during that time. They had renovated this large space in a strip mall. They had been doing church there for, I don't remember how long. Probably a couple of years. Uh, yeah, At least that, a year. I mean, no, they've been there for quite a while. I mean, yeah. Um, so we ended up moving into a strip mall. So from a strip club to a strip mall, I didn't want to go there. Did you want to go there? No, uh, we had a, a vision for uh, mo- a little bit different location in our city. We wanted a sexier location. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the I best mean, way to put I, it. I, I don't know how else to say that because this location is in a strip mall, but it's in between a Goodwill, like a very large Goodwill, yeah, a superstore, and uh, then it's there. Right next to us is uh, it's called Ashley's Lottery. It's a bar that does lottery, and so here we have uh, a lottery facility right next to us much like a strip club. And then there's a Harbor Freight Tools. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just not the coolest place. It looks a little dilapidated on the outside, but I'll tell you, we renovated the inside. What was a church? We slapped our own paint on there, uh, put our own culture inside this facility. And from that first Sunday, there seems to be an anointing on that place. Absolutely. It was awesome. I mean, we instantly uh, saw growth. We saw potential and we got to see what only God can do. Yeah. People that were heading to the goodwill end up in church and they hear the gospel. I mean, story after story. I baptized somebody just, just a few weeks ago that was frequented Ashley's as lottery place. Mm-hmm. And she saw so many kind people waving at her saying hi mm-hmm. before going in to, to gamble and drink yeah. that she eventually came into church. And not only did she come into church, she continued to come. She gave her life to Jesus and got baptized. Yeah, so good. I mean, I would have never seen that happening. I mean, I didn't want to go into that space, but it was all we had. And here we are now on Easter Sunday, just a few weeks ago, we had our largest attendance. We had over 2,200 people in person. We're on TV reaching thousands. We're online reaching uh, probably close to thousands. We're on uh, our website, on YouTube, on Facebook. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and I would say um, behind those numbers are people that yes. we get to interact with Come on. every day, every Sunday, all throughout the week. That's right. Their lives are are being changed. They're they're being transformed by Jesus, and it's such a beautiful thing. Entire families. Yes, are family being lines are being changed. Amen. I mean, I just got a note yesterday. It was in the offering. This is, this is our one year anniversary for mm-hmm. attending Journey, yeah. and it has changed our entire family. And that's absolutely amazing. We, we have a mission to lead people on a journey of transformation in Jesus. Because really, it's not a destination. You don't just arrive where you got it figured out when you follow Jesus. It's a journey of faith. And we're all on a journey. And here we are today. We, we bought 38 acres on the southeast side of town. Uh, right now, it's a blank slate. 
It's in really the fastest growing area of our city. Uh, we're not even sure what God's going to do with that. Um, we're hoping this year that to, to pay off the debt on that land, believing that if we were to build a campus, it would be unlike anything our city or our state has ever seen. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Pacific Northwest, it is a dark place. And Kara just told me just a week ago, it is an honor to be a light in such a dark place. So here we are on our journey. Uh, Kara, I, th- I think we've led people up to the place. Yeah. Um, here we are now 13 years into this journey, and we are watching God do great things from a strip club to a strip mall and we want to just share some of that story because they are wild everything from addicts to multimillionaires. we get to see god work in so many different people we have a vision we really truly believe there is hope for everyone and we want to see that fulfilled uh, not only in our lives but in your life as well so in the weeks to come friends you're going to hear the good you're going to hear the bad And we even are willing to confess the ugly. And there's been a lot of ugly because I like to say wherever there are people, there are problems. And I'm in the people business, my friends. And so we're going to give you behind the scenes in the weeks to come what that looks like. Hey, we're so honored that you spent some time with us. Kara, do you have any closing thoughts, anything that you saw last week or yesterday at church? Today's Monday. We're recording this. I don't know when you're going to listen to this, but the last few weeks, God's just been moving in a mighty way. We're going to share more of that story of some of the miracles. We believe we're on the cusp of revival. We're seeing it. Yeah. I mean, in a way that we've never seen in our lives. And we're going to share more about that but yeah i mean i i just keep seeing a, a an army of god that's being raised up um in our city in our church yes um that's that's fighting the good fight that's right this this is god's army because we're seeing god's work being done god's fight being done uh we are in a spiritual war against the enemy uh we have declared war with the devil in our region yes. but we already know there's victory and we're seeing it happen people are being unleashed they're being equipped even just yesterday we had someone give a prophetic word to our daughter which is it's awesome to watch people operate in their spiritual gifts yeah it's something we have never seen before I mean, the previous Sunday, you had two different people come give you a word, and they were the same word, total out of the blue, uh, unsolicited. It is incredible to see God work. And if you're skeptical of this, uh, join us back in the weeks coming, and we're going to show you signs of what God is doing, because we're seeing it, and God's word is being preached, the Holy Spirit is moving, it is absolutely powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to tell stories, because... Um, testimony is so important. Yes. So I'm excited to tell the stories. We are going to tell a lot of stories on this podcast. You've joined us on a history-making moment. This was the first episode of Confessions of a Pastor. We're going to do this once a week. If you want to join with us on this journey, we're going to get vulnerable with you. So wherever you're listening, we are so grateful. Please let us know uh, and follow us wherever you are. Subscribe. It would really be helpful if you give us a rating so that we can try to get some momentum with this. Uh, We believe that we have a story to tell. You have a story to tell, and we are better together. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the journey of Confessions of a Pastor. Please hit subscribe and rate. We are better together. See you next time.